All right, we're recording. What is this, 94? 94. The big 9-4, as they say. I don't know. Are we going to make it to 100 before Halloween? It's going to be real close. My schedule has been so gnarly that like... It's a crazy time. I have doubts. I have doubts about us. I know. I wish this... It's funny. If this... If this... Like, say this thing hit. Like, if we just... If this all was moved back two months and we were hitting like, okay, we're going to churn these out through... June, July, August, it would have been fine. It's the September, Octoberness of it that is going to screw us. Yeah. Um, I I have like an idea that maybe we don't need to do our 100th episode special on our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell me now or later after the podcast? <clears throat> I mean, we can float the idea now. Okay. Like, sure. it, like we could do our 100th episode special on episode 97 if we need to you could i mean we make the rules here wow that's did you you discovered like a real loophole <laughs> that i hadn't even considered i like that <laughs> so so when episode nine uh, it's 96 and the next episode will be just title it 100th episode special <laughs> Yeah, and then the no, next no episode, matter what it is and the next episode will be 98 and then 99 and then 100 yeah or then 97 and then <laughs> what, whatever, whatever yeah. we want. Okay. That's a good idea. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. I like this. It's fail safe. Yeah. A plan B, if you will. All right, cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's do the, let's do the thing. All right. Episode 94. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. Welcome to episode 94. The road to 100. The road to 100. Oh yeah. We could brand each of these episodes as like another stepping stone. It's like in the playoffs for of sports. Yeah. It's like March Madness. It's like March Madness for 100. Yeah. <laughs> Will they make it? Will they not? Which Who's going to make it there? Who's going to fall off? <laughs> None of the drama's really there, but... <laughs> Yeah, one of us makes it to 100, but the other doesn't. Fall madness. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, I hope everyone out there is, is doing good. Eric, what do we want to, what do we want to talk about today? Um, I have a few quick updates on my life. Um, and first, and what no one cares about, I'm getting my HS8 monitors. There they are. See the order, bill of sale, whatever that is. Went through. They're, they've been shipped. Last week, it's going to be a monumental moment when I receive these. Uh, I ordered them. It'll be close to four months after I initially ordered my monitors. It's been a journey. So thank you, Mark Johnson at uh, Sweetwater. I may have not had great things to say about some of y'all, but you you came through, so thank you. Um, (laughs) Got some new new music I'm listening to. There's this album that Eric told me about by The Anchorage, which you need to listen to. Wild Stories. Uh, Yeah. I think it was digitally released in July, but the vinyl is still on pre-order till November, I think. So I've got an order in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some homies from Salt Lake City. We've been playing with them since 2014. And the Anchorage plays a, uh, you know, there's, it's like kind of progressive, but there's ska and there's some harder stuff. And yeah. how'd you describe them to me? If you like the holophonics current stuff, if you like younger than Neil. The Anchorage slots in perfectly. Yeah. It's like forward thinking kind of ska. I would say like influences like the deer hunter are mm-hmm. impossible not to mention when discussing a band like that. Um, I mean, late stage RX bandits too. Cool. I like that. Um, I've been listening to this album. I've been very excited for it. And it came out on Friday. It's by uh, Charles Stepney. Have you heard? of this fella no i just for i just posted about it so he um was a producer for like earth wind and fire and mini ripperton and a bunch of other like you know late 60s early 70s soul people and he was born in 1931 i was reading all about him today so he was like pretty early like on on the soul and and like 
big funk stuff. And he like started working with Earth, Wind and Fire when they're like 20 or 21. But he was a really early proponent of having a home studio. So he lived in Chicago in like a normal house. And in the basement, he decked it out and got like one of the first mini Moogs and like a tape machine and a vibraphone and like the first drum machines as they were coming out. And he would just make these wild home spun demos at night or whatever while he was like a dad and then he would go into studios to work with bands and then finish off projects at his house or build demos and I, that's just like this that's just how music works now i feel like that's just yeah. like what everyone does but i don't i think it sounds like in the late 60s early 70s it's like you didn't just go to some guy's house and work out songs and arrangements right and, um, isn't that what the guy from boston did yes and elo I think both, but they were, I think they were a little bit after him. He, cause he died in 76. So he would make all these, these tracks. And I think what's re so the really cool thing about him is that it's this guy, he's playing early synthesizers when no one's playing synthesizers and working with drum machines and all that. And it's him playing everything in his home, in his basement. It there's, you know, there's tape hiss and it's really raw. But the cool thing about it is, is that he's doing this in like the early seventies, but you listen to it now and I feel like a total kinship of music that I make in this basement. <laughs> like I send you or I'm like, dude, check it out. I made this like hip hop beat with this wah pedal. I'm like, <laughs> check it out. And it's, uh, it's, I feel like it's like a very current thing that everybody is getting into, which is like, and he was doing it back then. It's really cool. And they just, it, this is the first time any of the music's been heard and it's existed for like 50. Oh wow. Years. They, they like found it or something. Yeah. His family was like, you know, before he died, he always wanted to release a solo album. He never got to record it, but we do have all these demos. Why don't we just put these out? It's cool. Uh, that's a cool record. Um, yeah, we were listening to Gulch before this. Um, um, Hailu Marege. I don't know if you ever listened to him. He's cool. No, I made a uh, I made a playlist of all the best summer songs. It's on my profile. Oh yeah, I haven't checked it out. I'm yeah, just pretty I mean, proud of that. My whole last week has been gnarly. I yeah, I still haven't edited last week's podcast episode. Yeah, so it's coming a little late. Um, yeah, there's some tunes talk. Um, um, Adventure Guys Book Club. Play that Adventure Guys Book Club theme song. You can learn something new today. Expand your mind the old-fashioned way. Adventure Guys Book Club. All right. All right. Um, I have re-cracked into the Incal, and I'm going for uh, the first book, which is actually called before the Incal. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I think, which we talked, this is Yodorowsky's comic series that he made in the 80s. I guess the Incal came in the 80s. I think he did before and then after the Incal, but like this before might have come out in the 90s and after might have come out in the 2000s. Like I think there's some lag hmm. in there. And this is done with a different artist than the Incal was, um, presumably because Yodorowsky is wild. But the storytelling in it is there. I don't know. I was, I've been so crazy. I, I don't know if you've had much time to read. I, I have like a bunch of these books that have been taking me months to read. Yeah. Um, Cause it's just like that now, but I was remembering back, which was probably like 50 episodes ago, but where I was starting to get into uh, comics and reading why the last man and Inca like towards the end of last year. And I was like, that was a really fun time in my life. So I was like, let me try to recapture it with this one. It's cool. Yeah, I want to. I want to read those. I haven't yet. Um, they're really. It's kind of. It's wild as you would expect, and he kind of did this in his movies. But sometimes, just like the storytelling is is kind of crazy. Where like something will happen, and then all of a sudden, it is just now the story is moving in a crazy direction that way. Like, <laughs> like the character is going in one direction, then he meets a character like in the last two cells of like a chapter or like a book. Um, and he goes like, come with me, I'm going to save you. And then all of a sudden now he's just off with this new character <laughs> in this whole new setting for the next 50 pages, which is like, you know, kind of insane. Uh, and not in like, why the last man, like he'll meet a character, he'll get to know them. It'll make sense. This is just sort of like, you just got to hold on. Yeah. 
Have you read anything? Any comics in the diet? I'm behind on my comics. Um, I've been reading the Redwall series. I think we talked about that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I j- only just finished the second book. <laughs> and now I'm on book three. Wow. This fucking children's series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of time to read anymore because I don't take the Long Island Railroad very much. Um, but you are drawing. I'm drawing. Yes. Um, hopefully with the goal of drawing comics one day. Um, but I've, I haven't even had time to draw anything in the last week, but I'm working on show flyers. Oops. Dropped some information there. Show flyers. Actually, all that's on my Patreon. What if a fan wants to commission an Eric Dano drawing after they see this? The fabulous series will probably come out in the hall of phonics Instagram. Um, what if they're in a band and they're like, I want an Eric Dano flyer. I want an Eric Dano, uh, I would run. I would do it, but with the caveat that it's probably going to be way more expensive than artists of higher quality. <laughs> then you th- or then you think, it's yeah, not gonna, yeah. Like because the thing is, I'm not that great of an artist, and I think I'm doing some decent work, but it's just taking me so right. long. So like the time that I have to invest in an illustration project is not at all like the time that it takes me to do something commensurate in the music world. Right. So if you were getting an Eric Dano, it's going to take you way more hours than normal. Thus be a little more expensive. Yeah, I understand. Well, I, you've shown me some refs. I hope you guys all see it soon or, you know, soon enough. It's, it's cool shit. Um, the whole new hall of Thonics world is going to be very cool. I'll say no more. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about Adventure Guys now. Sure. Adventure time. I mean, we're talking Adventure Guys. Episode discussion. Skew, 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 skew. Those are like those noises. They're like, it's like guns being shot in a video game. I I forget what effect i used to make that it's something on super audio cart sounds great <laughs> anyway we're doing the uh episode five more short grables yeah it was the season five episode three mm-hmm. now is this the first grables no i think it's the second grables because it's five more short grables. so the first one's called five, five short, short grables. grables then there's this one which is five more short grables right then there's the third one which is another five more short grables, grables. yeah and then i think there's the fourth one that is a little wacky mm-hmm. is it grables 5000 is that what it's called <laughs> uh let me i'm looking at it right now that sounds right oh grables 1000 plus is that it i think so what season is that in all right let's see let's see cuber i'm looking up all the cuber ones Oh yeah, it is. That's right. That's the four. five more short grables. Five, uh, five more short grables. Another five more short grables. Grables one thousand plus. Okay. Cuber man. Emo Phillips. Yeah, a really really wild character uh, from from the first time you meet him. Uh, in this episode, when he when he comes in here, it's it's just like holy shit. <laughs> I. You don't know where he is in time or space. Yeah, so we've we've had one Grables episode already at this point, and I think it was like there's like a twist at the end of these Grables episodes because Cuber shows up and he gives you like the premise. It's like we're going to show you five short mini things, and you're going to have to. It's like a game. You're going to have to figure out what the common unifying theme is between all these five short stories. Uh, and the twist at the end is like you can kind of figure out what the unifying theme is, and then it's something out of left field. It's actually not what you thought it was. Yeah. And it, and then like yeah, it fits his logic, but there's no possible way to have figured it out with like just by watching. Um, so I think when Cuber shows up, this is now the second Grables episode. We're already like kind of frustrated at him. Yeah. <laughs> But entertained. At least he's not insidious or fresh. He's frustrating because his logic is so warped, but yeah. he is friendly. Right. He's like, he's overly friendly. And, I, and it, when I first watched the show, like I hated these Grables episodes. 
I was like, fucking Cuber, you're back and you're, you happy little asshole. Like, <laughs> oh God, this guy's back. Yeah. You prayed it was a one off. Yeah. But he, oh, he's he back and we, and we see it. It's, it's unclear. It seems he's in the future. Uh, it's, he's definitely in outer space. Yes. Outer space. Uh, I don't think it's like really clear that he is in the future until the Grable's 1000 plus episode. Okay. Um, it, cause he's, he's watching on a view screen, these stories Uh-huh. and it's not, it's not like really evident, like whether he's like watching it in real time or not, like from a distance. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, what it's revealed as is like in the, in the last one is that like, he's watching records, mm. uh, because then like we break the format of the Grables in that last Grables episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like. Cuber is like a an actual character that has to like interact in the world, right? Which I I think I've seen that, so maybe that's why I'm like <laughs> fusing it in here. But it is he's more of just this wild character. You don't know how he relates to anything or where. It's almost like you know before you're given that context, it's sort of almost like is he sort of like a Prismo owl kind of guy? Is he in the future? Because in this, at the end, he he like mentions what year it is and. That were no one's had five fingers in like right. ten bajillion years, and you're just sort of like okay, because we know ooze in the future, but it's not like I forget what even like measure of time he uses, but it's like outrageous. Yeah, it's it's oh, uh, twenty blab billion glabels. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> they've got a different system of time measurement. Yeah. Um. So the analogy that i get or the reference that i get is that he's kind of like the watcher from marvel comics now what's the give me the watcher's deal uh so his name is awatu and so they put out the series what if on disney plus last year and it's like basically like a anthology series where it's like you've got the narrator who's like this guy that just observes everything that happens in the Marvel universe. And he, and he talks to the audience like breaking the fourth wall. And he's like, okay, so you think, you know, this character Well, check out what they did in this other dimension. And he like gives you this brief intro to like an other world's kind of story. Um, and he showed up in one of the like Marvel movies, like the post credit scene, um, like before they did the what if show. So like, it's been like referenced for a while. Like I know that was like a real popular thing in the comic. I didn't read those comics, yeah. but uh, it just like that, that format of like, Hey, there's a, there's a character talking to the audience mm-hmm. about like, like there's a narrator that you don't actually really know, but he's talking about characters that you do know. Sure. Um, it seems like that's kind of what they're referencing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's, that's, was like a direct intention of the storyboarders. Maybe we'll find out in miscellaneous mania. Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting, but very apt comparison to what Cuber is doing. Yeah. But with a total like twist on the personality, because like Marvel's thing is this, this narrator character is supposed to be an impartial observer. Like he won't interfere. He won't like comment on or make judgment about like, he just shows you what's going on. Uh, Cuber has a lot of color commentary. <laughs> He's obviously got opinions and a, sort of a carefree attitude about how it all shakes out. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, first off, you know, Cuber is really close to Cubert. Yeah, which is already confusing to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just because that's like a name we know from pop culture. Anyway, um, Emo Phillips is already just such a perplexing person. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. and his way of speaking is really perfect casting. I, obviously, everyone involved in Adventure Time must have just been an Emo Phillips fan, right? I wonder what it was like getting him in the vocal booth, like because he doesn't even seem like the kind of person that you can give a script to and expect to get those lines out of. No, and he like every time I've ever seen him speak, he's always like moving around and stuff. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's like, huh. Um, yeah it's like if you handed him lines it's like i almost feel like how dare you tell this guy what to say <laughs> right ah oh, dang it I, he posted about it i'm looking i have seen on on uh on facebook he posted about it about doing it but it that's since been taken off um oh well um 
yeah, he seemed very excited to be a part of it. It's just, it is like a great, I'm sure with a guy like him where you're like such a specific type of comedic presence, it's obvious like he hasn't done a million things. It's like he he can't be just put into a show. It's like his use has to be very specific. Yeah. So I'm sure like it's like a delight when like there's a character like this, which is just so perfect for him. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, he's kind of like, I don't know. He's interesting. I I would like to go. I should go back and watch. He's like on Letterman a bunch and stuff. And he's in UHF. But uh, he seems like of like, I don't know, when you think of like alternative comedy, like he must have been one of the first guys to really be pushing it there you know into just really strange places <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so so Kubri's here and he lays out we're going to hear five stories they're all joined by a theme you're going to need to guess by the end and then just throws us in to a finn and jake story now i'll say like you kind of think when with that setup and how it works traditionally in cartoons that like there would be a clear delineation between where each story ends and begins but in this they just flow yeah they they thread it pretty organically and then like you get finn and jake as the first vignette but like they pop up throughout the other characters vignettes also mm-hmm. uh which is funny it is funny. Uh, and like they do they do like another pretty subtle job of like giving you the fake theme like it's it's pretty organically put in there enough so it's it's not like super obvious uh that you know they're gonna like twisted on you at the end where it's like by the second or third little mini story it's like you figure it out and you're like oh i got it and like you know you feel a little bit good about yourself for figuring it out because like it it wasn't super obvious like you did some actual thinking about it yeah now okay the the five i want to get into that so the five ones are finn and jake are putting their thumbs into things to see that they're a good boy which is based off a spell and that doesn't really make any sense no i I don't think there's any way to guess what it's going to be off of the first one no then marceline needs to find a music shop to get a new guitar the this mountain points at it and she brings her there which having remembered like after seeing this episode like you know in the past of course like this is maybe my third time watching this particular episode that's where i was like oh i remember what this is okay but i couldn't remember the twist yeah now then the ice king uh finds a then it's tree trunks oh then it's tree trunks okay my bad i got it or tree trunks uh gets uh, offended by a statue this is the most subversive the most like just below the surface subversive i've i've seen the show get in a long time okay and then we go to Ice King, who has met a new... He calls a family meeting with all the penguins and says he has a new mommy for them. Which and is, like, super gross. Super gross. You don't want to hear that. And then the mommy turns out to be one of his feet that he's drawn... I fucking hate this mini-story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one is is odd. This is, uh, th- this is really unwell, Ice King. Yeah, but I think by this point, even if you didn't quite get the tree trunks one, you, you probably... You probably have the like the fake conclusion mm-hmm. already solidified. Then, and then the last one, Bimo's in the mirror talking to football and is working on drinking tea and can't do it right. <laughs> um and then it ends with Finn and Jake coming back to Bimo and saying, We didn't feel like good boys and we put our thumbs in all sorts of things. And he goes, Put your thumbs in here, guys. <laughs> and it's controllers and they play a game called Super Good Boy. <laughs> Which is like a Nintendo style game where, or Game Boy really, it's like, it looks like original Game Boy graphics and you walk around like straightening up a room. (laughs) Like they, there's a crooked hanging picture that they straighten out. They pick up some, a vase that's fallen (laughs) and they're, they're good, super good boys. Now, Eric, what was, so I don't know if I really got it. I was trying to figure it out, but I also knew it was going to be fucked up. So I was really kind of thrown what do you th- what was the fit through all those the five grables what is the what you got what is it you got out of it what is the theme the decoy theme each of the five fingers of the hand okay so the first one finn and jake they find what's an old nursery rhyme that mm-hmm. they think is a magic spell about sticking your thumb in pies to pull out a plum oh. so they're sticking their thumbs and everything it's all about the thumb. yeah and then second one marceline talking to this po- big mountain guy who points with his index, index finger. finger. Yeah. Um, and then the third one with tree trunks, this- Sh- Shelby is this little worm on top of a statue with a clenched fish, a clenched fist. 
And it's like, why the fuck is Tree Trunk so offended? What is happening here? And you never really see what it is, but yeah. like there's context clues to know that like this I, worm standing on top of a fist would look like the middle finger out. I got it. I did not get that watching it. Like it didn't, <laughs> I thought it was all about the statue talking to her and with the, with the fist, she was intimidated by it or something. I didn't really get the, the finger. Yeah. It's, it's obfuscated just enough mm-hmm. uh, to be still you know, on a kid's show. Cool. Um, but, but it is, it is like enough to like throw you if you're like trying to figure out the theme um, but I think by the time you get to Ice King and he talks about the wedding ring, goes on your ring finger, that's where things start. Like, even yes. if you didn't get the middle finger, like, joke, uh, then the finger thing starts coming into focus a little bit more clearly. Yeah. Um, and and by the BMO one, if you haven't gotten the, the whole finger thing yet, then that joke f- doesn't quite land as hard, I don't think. No, I didn't. So, which I didn't really get, and I was just so thrown off by the whole Ice King of it all um, <laughs> that I, so I didn't I didn't pick up on the decoy the decoy one, um, and I was really I, I I I was looking for some other connective tissue that wasn't so literal or like <laughs> what comes in fives, which I sh- probably should have been. I was more like, okay, they're all searching for something. Is that what it is? Like. Um, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. I was like, okay, that's the theme or like, they're all trying to find something they can. I think if you remember the first Grables episode, like when, when watching this for the first time, like it sets you up a little bit more to be in that mind space of like, okay, you know what, like kind of theme they're possibly talking about, mm-hmm. even if you know that there's going to be a twist. Yeah. That's but yeah, good. That, the whole BMO football thing. They're just like repeating the same thing over and over again and nothing is changing. And if you know that they're talking about the pinky finger at that point, then it's funny. Yeah. But if not, it's like, what the fuck is happening? I didn't. This I was is, so... Look, this so confusing. It's just like back and forth and BMO is sparking and like just drenching tea all over themselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um. Yeah. Although once again, BMO refers or football refers to themselves as a... A, a living little girl. Yeah. <laughs> which was interesting, which I didn't, is that what football always considers themselves as? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, neither. Uh, I mean, BMO is so fluid with this stuff yeah. that, but I just find it interesting because BMO is this, uh, football is this alter ego. So I'd be interested to see how this is, uh, is represented in BMO. <laughs> Cause it's a very interesting place in there. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. And then, but okay. So that makes sense. And then we get Cuber back and explain what Cuber's saying. Uh, he, it's, he again references that kind of talking to the audience format where he's like, you can pause the videotape right, right now. Like, and they give you that little screen. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, and then he reveals what the, what the actual, theme of it is and it's so out there it's like there's no way you could it's like it represents the five tastes and are there five tastes or is this just an arbitrary thing but the, oh, are you saying well i was saying that's what i that's what i thought too but then he goes through the five tastes yeah he like so okay the sweet plum pie mm-hmm. the savory guitar licks which, which is, at that point you're just like oh my god they're they're reaching so yeah. hard on this uh and then is it the sour the sour taste in tree trunk's mouth they're like yeah. okay uh the salty tears which was obvious and gross oh yeah that was thing. really cool and then the bitter tea that bimo was drinking um but like are there more tastes than that or are those the, those the five tastes i think savory is that like wow look umami at, look at this yeah is According to the Wikipedia article, there are... Is everything just divided into those five categories of taste? There's yeah. no others? Yeah. Sweetness, sourness, saltiness, bitter, savory. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. Um, and yeah, I don't really think about that. that further sensations and transmission. But is yeah. it like subgenres of... <laughs> that's kind of what it seems like based off my cursory glance here. Yeah. That's really insane. I thought that was complete bullshit when I heard it. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I knew that there were categories of ta- I like I couldn't remember if like if that was legit like what they are or if they're mm-hmm. they're just 
Huber, man. All right. Well, that makes it better that it's real. Um, I learned yeah. something new today. <laughs> then I'll, I'll remember that. Um, there's five different basic tastes. Uh, yeah. So that, and then the episode ends and we all feel like. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, cause yeah. Cause then he makes you feel bad. He's like, Oh, did you think it was about the fingers? Yeah. What are you even talking about? Five. Who the hell has five fingers? Well, no one's had five fingers in like a million years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because like these, this, when they get to the ring finger with ice King, that's when things start getting wonky. Cause all these characters are typically drawn with four fingers. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's the ring finger that they don't normally have just in, in the character design. So like when they show Ice King, uh, like shot to shot, it's different how many fingers are on his hands. Like just, I think, I think the very first shot of Ice King shows him with only four fingers on a hand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, how are it's they going to do then this? They, then they do the close up shot. Yeah. But they do like the the old SpongeBob trick or whatever, where they do a close up and it's drawn grotesquely. Right. But then they do like a regular shot of Ice King, just like normal character design. And yet he's got five fingers like wearing the ring. Ah, right. Yeah. So it's inconsistent. So like they have to like change the actual character design to make this fake point. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Very interesting. Um, There's some other, so that's, that's the meat of it. There were some other great moments. I just wanted to bring up. There's a lot of great moments as in probably all the Grables there are. Um, now in one Finn and Jake are sticking their thumbs in all sorts of different things yeah this makes me uncomfortable which I don't like either <laughs> I'm a good boy I'm a good boy I like it it's funny uh, they the, the the most weirdest disturbing one is they get to a pond and there's a giant frog where in his back are these huge holes that littler fl- frogs are just jumping out of into the pond that's not how frogs work, right? No, it's like a frog plus whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah, it's really unsettling. And then they go and put their thumbs in it. And the guy's like, oh, my, in my back. Your thumbs are in my back. And yeah. that's when Marceline sees them and is like, no, this isn't it. <laughs> Which I don't know. That was so weird. Uh, that was a very weird moment. Um, when Marceline goes to, on her thing, she goes... <laughs> And she's looking for this music store and she finds a mountain that's playing the drums, uh, which Eric's going to have beef with, as previously discussed. Yeah, so the the mountain is playing the drums. In time, every hit on screen syncs up with the hit in the audio. However, the drums that he's playing are not at all the drums that are sounding. Yeah, which... Yeah, I mean, we talked about this at length. We don't need to go further. But it is just odd where it, it seems that you, it's not less effort to animate it incorrectly. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't you just choose to animate it correctly and it would be the same amount of work? I guess that's probably what you were saying last time. Right. And like, the big reason that you notice it or that I, one, I mean, of course, I noticed that like, oh, he's hitting the tom and it's sounding like a snare. But it's not even consistent. No. It like, as he goes back and forth, like, it's random. like the floor tom could be a tom, a snare, or a kick drum. And it it's all three. It's like, it's totally random. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Except for the last cymbal hit. <laughs> right. Is a crash cymbal that they hit. Although it's kind of a place where a ride might be. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know there. It could be a crash ride. Yeah. Um, And then Marceline gets to the guitar store and plays what looks like a, like a viola bass, kind of like a Hofner looking thing. That's more, that's from hell or the nightosphere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then it sounds like a guitar. It only has four strings, but it sounds like a guitar. Yeah, it's actually a really sick guitar tone. Yeah, that's I wrote down <laughs> guitar sound. Yeah, because it's like a really, it's like, it's like a almost like a guitar run through a synth pedal or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool one. Uh, maybe like a ring modulator. Um, th- yeah, so that was interesting. Then they go down to the tree trunks. The voice of Shelby is it the same voice that does Tiffany? I, it almost sounded like I thought of Tiffany and then there was like a, a wanted sign in the police station that I was like, is that Tiffany back there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that wanted sign, it looked a little generic. I was like, this could be a character that we yeah. know, but it doesn't, I don't think it really. I think it had an eye patch. I don't think Shelby has, I mean, Tiffany has an eye patch. Right. Um, yeah, who voices Shelby? Um, Pendleton Ward and Orly Catan. I'll see who they switch. I mean, it goes through like a formant right. thing. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's see. Here's Tiffany. 
not voiced by those people. Oh, well. Um, so anyway, so that was interesting. Um, I want to talk about the scene where Tree Trunks is talking to the police. Oh, my God. I, I love how anti-cop this scene was. Yeah. Um, I loved it because it was anti-cop. They were not helping. Um, it's, I mean, the banana guards, I really, I guess I hadn't, we've probably talked about, but it, I forgot that like, that actually is a really funny commentary on police, just <laughs> that they're the most inept beings in all of Ooh yeah. are the, the cops. Um, they cannot even spell tree trunks. <laughs> yeah. That's they, they can't even get there. As this scene is going on, he's like, can you spell your name? And as the scene is going on, I'm like, oh my gosh, how, how long is this going to keep, keep like how how much are they committing to this bit? Like, let's see how far we get. And into the, like they, he doesn't even finish spelling tree and tree trunks gets fed. It's not even like we're getting fed up with it. Tree trunks gets fed up with it. And her line is the best. What does she say? Is like the wheels of justice spin too slowly for me. So yeah. I, I'll have to take this into my own hands. <laughs> what a great tree trunks line. Yeah. And this is also, I think what I loved about it so much is that it's like very consistent with tree trunks behavior, like from my favorite episode, high strangeness, <laughs> yeah. right? Where it's like, no one's around, no one's doing your things. Like stuff's going wrong. She's like, okay, screw it. I'm taking in my own hands. She builds her army with these characters and gives them like pantyhose full of rocks to like club people with. Yeah, well, she definitely refers to them as blackjacks. But they're just full of crumpled up newspapers, right? To placate the the censors at Cartoon Network, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like she straight up is like, "Here are some blackjacks." Like, <laughs> yeah, like we're going out to do this. Uh, and then it's shown that you know she was afraid of was just Shelby all along. Um, so that was good. Um, the family meeting was good. The drinking of Ice King's tears was so gross. It was a pretty amazing though that made me laugh i was like that's a fucked up thing and great use of ice king so it's the family he's crying tears because he's so happy over the wedding or like that she said yes yeah and then starts crying and then all of the penguins come up and start lapping up the tears which is not really not good um (laughs) i don't like that is that a thing where like kids will like lap up the tears of a parent like i feel like i've seen that in something no but dogs do it dogs do it with the humans or with- yeah like when like if you're really sad and you're crying your dog comes over you over to comfort you it's like they'll lick your face oh wow i didn't really know that or think about it but um, um yeah. i think just because they do like the salty taste right but also right, right, right. All, like they sense their owners in distress somehow but like added benefit <laughs> i know i know that's kind of the one of the th- i mean I, obviously i love dogs um but sometimes you do wonder like the love and affection like is it true is it emotional or is it some other yeah the food dispenser something's wrong with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um exactly um but then he yells at gunter to to you can't drink my tears because you're on a low salt diet (laughs) which is first first he's being mean to gunter which i don't like but then it's because of this salt diet right they they just had to get the line salt in there did they say uh, the, the those those tastes in every mini story. Did Tree Trunks actually say it left her with a sour taste in her mouth? She said he he did an unsavory remark or something. Was that it? It was something like that. I don't remember Marceline saying savory. No, I don't either. Yeah, and then uh, he says that his he's really happy with his foot and it feels so math to be normal. unlike those guys. And then he sees the other, f- first of all, the way his foot is positioned is like really so fucked up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like dislocated and <laughs> yeah. switched around and frail. And then he sees the other foot and it's like coming onto him and he's like, Oh my, <laughs> which is such an interesting I fucking hate this. This, this. this is one of the worst Grable's, like this little Ice King vignette. Yeah, this is this is where he really becomes unfunny. You know, I can, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. And then football is a real little girl, and football is always. I don't. I mean, when football's around, it's not good. It can be. I mean, it can be funny, but football early on, but football turns into a bit of a villain. Yeah, we'll explore that 
In Be Movember. Be Movember yeah. 2022. Oh yeah. Um yeah. Um yeah, that was that was the things I wanted to talk about that were fun. Uh did you see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. It's almost like we were cheating. I know. <laughs> yeah, the snail, for anyone who's curious, is on the fucking like episode title screen of HBO Max for this this episode. Right. Which I <laughs> It's like in the chosen screenshot. It's like he's just there for everyone to see. So, all right. Well, good job. We did it. We, yeah. Congratulations to us. Looking in the scenery throughout the land of ooh, he lies in wait for me and you. We saw the snail. We saw the snail. We saw the recognize that theme was it steve the only person who's probably you know that's the final fantasy thing oh that was steve yeah because i don't know final fantasy but he knew it i remember it now. yeah <laughs> okay i love that uh we should have steve back on for be november yeah he did one of he did the first be november episode with us oh so he should probably do the f- right the, uh, yeah it might have been the first yeah i mean we'll get him on the uh 100th episode special mm-hmm. somehow whenever that may be <laughs> yeah um we'll talk about that later uh if you're enjoying this i want to just throw in the plug give us five stars right quick and uh on whatever you're listening to if that's spotify that's right there on the mobile app write us a little review on itunes it helps us in the algorithms and i thank you very much um miscellaneous mania Okay, so right away I see this thing that I asked the question about. Ice King says that his new wife is going to be the penguin's new mommy, which could be misheard as umami. Nice. Yeah, so they do say the name of all these tastes. There you go. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it seems like they were trying this is the first um the first episode that uh Steve Wolfhard did as a full-time storyboarder on Adventure Time. Oh. Is I'm seeing this on his blog. He did it with Tom Herpich. Although he has credits beforehand pretty much all with Tom Herpich uh before like this but maybe he was like freelance or something and then they brought him on as like a full-time writer. I don't know how that works, but yeah, I don't know, but pretty interesting stuff. His blog. I have not looked at this as his Tumblr, but there's some really cool stuff on here. Like I'm seeing diagrams of settings they drew for the finale, um, like for the backgrounds uh, and they have like the background drawn, but then they have like almost like a conceptual version of the backgrounds. You see this? That's rad. Yeah. That's cool. That's some cool BTS. I so if, like I don't know how 
people make things like this and as someone who would like to make things like this i want to i want to see this kind of stuff yeah it's really cool i mean i think that's like kind of one of the morals whenever you look into how things are created like it seems so insane like i had a friend the other day well you know look there are really talented people out there but you just see the fully formed thing that's so incredible but then you look here and it's like yeah, they literally just drew blobs with it and tried to conceptualize what it would look like. And yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, it's wolfhard.tumblr.com. This looks like from Grable's 1000 plus. Um, yeah, I could probably find some some good stuff in here. Uh, what else is on the... Uh... Uh, <clears throat> this frog might be yeah. a real frog. I, I'm looking that up too. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Suriname. Suriname. Is that how you say it? Oh my god, dude! There's a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to throw up. Just a quick ad, and then we'll get to the. I am. Look at this. There's one over here. The Suriname Suriname Toad facts, and the the uh, the YouTube thumbnail just says I am skin crawling. <laughs> Chris, bro. Oh. Tiny toads, and are now leaving home, only to tiny toads. They have grown into tiny toads and are now leaving home. Her hospitality has to be worth it. More must survive. Oh, good. Once out God. Under her skin, they're off to find food. They're like swimming like fish out of her back. The next step for pioneering parents. There's some good footage. <laughs> Gross. All right, let's look at the other one. This video might gross some people out. Is that a thing? Must be. I don't know. There are a couple points we want to clear up about the names of these amphibians before we go any further. Suriname toads are named Suriname in Suriname, but they're found in other countries too. Also, they're likely called toads because of their rough skin, but they're kind of more like frogs. Big back feet All right. somersaults in the water. When both the male and female are upside down, or their bellies are facing the water's surface, the female will lay some eggs. The male will catch the eggs, fertilize them, and as the pair turn back oh my over, God. they'll stick them to her back. For reason that isn't completely understood, the eggs only stick to the female's back. They don't stick to the male or each other. Anyway, they'll do somersaults multiple times over, until upwards of 100 eggs have been laid. Now, this is where things get really fascinating, but also kind of skin crawly. The female's skin will grow over the eggs and develop a honeycomb-like structure around them, eventually encasing them in individual skin sacs. After some time, it can depend on the species, the babies have developed enough to emerge from their mother's back. In some species, tadpoles will pop out, and in other species, fully formed tiny toads will break free. This all occurs right around oh. the time the female surname <laughs> is getting ready to shed. So once all the babies have broken free or have been pushed out, she'll shed her skin and get ready to start the process all over again. While it might give that itchy skin sensation to look at, this is just an example of how awesome and a little freaky nature can be. Amen, YouTube man. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's, that is a very Adventure Time thing. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> All right. I mean, there's other stuff, but a lot of it's like not fun. I want to see if like the references that I thought they were making are like actual real references. Which references are you thinking about investigating? Like the Marvel stuff. Oh, right, right, right. I do like on the wiki that they agree with us that the sound of the the rock mountain playing the drums don't match the sound of the drums. <laughs> oh, they put that in as an error? Yeah, someone noticed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a fucking error. <laughs> the way they talk about the drums not lining up is so fucking pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you like that? <laughs> this wiki is great. Also, he does a bass, bass, snare, bass, 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 snare beat, but he never taps on the bass, probably because it's broken. What? That's funny. <laughs> well, he doesn't have like a third like finger to be doing the bass drum with. Did you write that in the wiki? No. 
I would never call something a quote bass bass snare bass 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 snare beat. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Imagine telling that to a drummer. Hey, could you play a bass bass snare bass 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 snare beat? <laughs> I guess it's specific enough. <laughs> it's totally unspecific. Oh right, <laughs> right, because you can just make up whatever rhythm you want. <laughs> I know they're saying it like that's like a normal nomenclature for for explaining a drum beat, <laughs> which is funny. All right, I think that's enough miscellaneous. Me too. Uh, let's see what we're gonna watch next week, and then we're gonna forget it. I bet. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Two sixty nine, son of rat bear. <laughs> okay, we were just talking about the awful rapping in the show. I know that's why I, I took a deep breath before even saying it. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be Flame Princess rap battle of son. I don't want to watch this one. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to eventually. Mm-hmm. We sure will. I was trying to see if this was one where they have like a famous rap guest. I don't think so. Oh, Andy Samberg is, is rap bear. Oh, not in this one though. Rex Dizzy. All right, whatever. We'll talk about this next time. Okay. That's um, season 10. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to say that. I got so preoccupied. Um, season 10, episode three. Son of rap bear. Late one. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, um, Anchor.fm slash Adventure Guys podcast. You can uh, give us a buck or two there. Should you be so inclined uh, and want to support the podcast? Because we're always trying to do more things. Uh, If you don't want to support the podcast, I guess send us a Venmo request for your money back. Oh, yeah. We can do that. <laughs> uh, we're, we're reachable at email at did you see the mail at gmail.com. Um, we've done some ads on this podcast previously. And if you have a um, product, a podcast, whatever that you want plugged on this show, uh, hit us up on the old Gmail. Did you see the mail at gmail.com? We would totally be down to, to talk about that with some of y'all. Um, if the price is right, you know what I mean? Bob Barker. Well, it's not Bob Barker anymore. Now it's uh, Drew Carey. Great. I've never seen it with Drew Carey. Have you? No. Me neither. Sure, it's fine. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Tell somebody about the podcast, too. Okay, whatever. Enjoy your rest of your week. Whatever. Peace out, y'all.